Hello everyone, welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Kivai Pao. We are on episode 009 with Elvis Methwins, who is the host of the podcast Startup Playground, but also the founder of Sweetcast Media. He is an inspirational mind, adamant mind for proactiveness, creativity, and awareness. It was really like a wake-up call. I think a lot of people will sense it as a wake-up call talk to look at life with genuine eyes and um, critic as well looking into this era we're living into technology social media but also acknowledge growth and wisdom from everywhere he's passionate about storytelling and the power of the stories that are not told and the behind the scenes we do align a lot in that sense i hope you enjoy and get the message that you need to hear yeah as always it's a huga kind of conversation so grab a cup of coffee tea milk whatever we're going to talk about music his mentors and more that's it guys take care and enjoy the talk bye bye hello everyone welcome to think and speak positive by kibai pao today i have with me someone i call my buddy I have to tell you how I met this guy. He was pitching his podcast and I was like, I have to talk to him. How come he speaks like me? And I kind of manifested my words that came out of my mouth so spontaneously. And we have been talking, collaborating. So I'm really glad to have him today. And I'm interested to, to see him on the other side of the seat. So Elvis, can you introduce yourself? Hey Kayla, thanks for first of all having me on this side. It's it's a bit uh, weird to be on other side of the microphone, but I guess it's the second time I'm on this side. My name is Elvis. I'm the founder, co-founder of Sweetcast Media, a revolutionary podcast agency based in Denmark. And uh, currently we are running a, a startup show called uh, Startup Playground Podcast that focuses on entrepreneurship, uh, their challenges, obstacles and learnings. Because I do believe that um, knowledge sharing is power and basically knowledge is power. As my grandma, who is unfortunately, she's dead uh, many years already. She told me that uh, the more you know in life, the further you can get in life. And uh, never stop learning because there's always something new to learn and something new to acquire. And also another day I was also talking to a friend. We kind of were thinking, what's the capacity that a human brain can have in terms of information? I mean, I didn't research that topic, but I'm still kind of curious based on, you know, the life I have been living through. So before we start, there's a little tradition now. You take the little notebook next to you and there's a little blue note and you open a page. On the blue... Open a, a white page. Oh, a white page. And you write down a word that comes into your mind, whatever the word. And I also have to think of a word, so it's not only you being challenged. Okay. One word. Yeah, one word. And we put it aside, we'll come back to it at the end. Okay, yeah. We're cozy. Literally, we have tea, we have clementine. We are like in cozy chairs that things are getting really cozy in the podcast. I mean, it's a winter time, you know. We don't have snow outside, but, you know, at least we have tea and... We have the Copenhagen kind of vibe. Yes. Are we going to start being emotional? 
but why not? Depends on the the context of the conversation, I guess. I mean, we got we get some emotional stories because there is always something to talk. Yeah, exactly. It's important to have a story, and I believe you know the stories are the ones that makes us unique, because there are what seven billion people in the world. We are a lot of people, so many different shades. So tell me more about who you are, about that injury you had when you were a kid and how... Injury? I do have it, uh, also a cutout out of uh, a newspaper. Tell us more about that, because I think it's the, the base of a lot of things about you. I believe that's the base of also why I recently started it. I always keep this, the photo album with me, as well as uh, this one cutout. I mean, it, it's kind of already turned apart, but uh, it says that... Um, Hospital is missing places for, for children, meaning that the cutout is from 2002, 14th of September, and the tragic accident that happened to me was in the uh, 1st of September, when I was um, coming back with my friends from the first day of school mm-hmm. by bicycle, who I borrowed from my friend, and uh, I got a hit by a car. Wow. And the next thing I remember, I woke up in a hospital with three People who were injured, one of them were on life support, so he was basically, his body was still alive, but inside, so basically he was fed through a pipe, and then there was a kid with a hole in the head, and uh, and the third person I don't remember, but those two people I kind of remember, because the kid was really small, and then, then the guy was, what I remember from a story that his mother said, that he crashed with a motorcycle in a tree, so that was the story. But uh, that's, that wasn't, you know, we men, we have this, uh, I don't know, what is this, a f- biological process or something with our bodies that when we wake up, we want to go to toilet, right? Mm. And that's kind of funny. And that was my first thought when I woke up in a hospital because, you know, I thought maybe I'm in dreaming, you know, maybe it's a huge dream and I'm just dreaming here. Yeah, you don't realize yet. And then I realized and I got out of bed and then I collapsed because my legs were paralyzed. First of all, because I had a brain uh, damage, I lost around all the age memories that I had. So basically, I was 12 when that happened. So basically, I don't remember at least 10 years of my life. Wow. And uh, that's why I always carry with me also, or always, wherever I go, I carry an album that, that contains a lot of pictures. Like the first picture is here, is my grandma. In the 24th of September... It's written memories of grandma. Year 2000, written memories in 29th of October, 24th September of my grandma. Right? That was the day she died. Then there was also a lot of family members, sisters of my mothers and fathers and cousins and and me also here. How long did you stay in the hospital? A month. A month. A month I was learning to walk again because I was paralyzed and I didn't remember nothing and takes me back to things that, you know, about this memory and capacity that we remember. Because um, there are some certain things that I believe that are set in our brain that we never forget. Like our friends, families, relatives, loved ones, places we live, right? But there are some certain things that fades out with these kind of uh, life events. Yeah, indeed. After that tragic accident, I also went back to the school and my perspective changed of life, of how I see life, what I want from my life. And uh, 
I mean, what can you ask from age 12 kids? You know, it's like you haven't yet developed in the person, right? And you already have to do so, it all again. Sustain, yeah. So, but I have to live all again. And that have happened throughout my life. So now I'm 28. It have happened many times that I have met a person on the street. And the person is saying, hey, how are you? A long time we haven't saw each other. And uh, remember, we went back in school together. And as fucked up, I'm sorry for my language, does it sound? I don't remember that person. Hmm. Because even though he says that maybe we went to the school, to kindergarten or something, I just don't tell that person because that person is just faded out. Yeah, it's part of I what you lost. Brain memories for a... Enough time to stay there. So how did you do to recover? It takes time, you know, you have to drink a lot of brain-stimulating vitamins, um, do a lot of checkups and uh, check is your brain functioning. Maybe there's some um, inflation or something, you know. I, I'm not really a medical person. Process by process, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, when your brain being damaged, for me, exactly, learning was a difficulties. I had difficulties with learning because you have to get in your brain something that you don't know. It's like you start studying, like you missed from grade one to five, you missed, you don't remember nothing, like any basic math, uh, geometry, geography, history. And then you have to study again because you just don't remember those things. That's kind of tough when you have to start studying like fifth grade you know hmm. things in when you don't remember things that's really like impressive that's, that's kind of it's, it's a bit fucked up but uh, i think that's also the base of why i recently started the podcast and why i'm so inspired by entrepreneurs and their stories because what do i believe is that the most unique and inspiring stories are not about the things or objects it's about people it's been throughout the years, many, many years, and, you know, good or bad stories, but they are still stories that made us, who got our civilization, humanity, to the point we are right now. Yeah, maybe, you know, the Hitler was bad, uh, the Stalin was bad, Lenin was bad, something was... Everybody thinks that everybody has a different opinions and different people, but, but this is who we are. What we come up with? And with what we come up with. So that's what it is. Yeah. It explains a lot about your capacity to absorb. Yeah. To be curious and resilient. Yeah. The first time I met you, I was like, he has an energy of doing. That kind of really drive of doing and doing and doing. No, because you know why I'm so energetic. When the first time I came to Denmark, which was in 2012, I came to a country is well developed compared to the country I came from, which is Latvia. And this country supports people, they respect what you do. I mean, of course, they check what you do also. That's another thing. But that's their job, you know, to kind of keep everything in order. And uh, also, the salaries are better here. You get pension, you get uh, a lot of benefits living in this country, right? Of course, there are downsides in every country and in also i believe in denmark there are downsides that i haven't faced yet and then i came to this country i didn't want to do nothing i just wanted to live a simple life at what age did you come here i came when i was 20 
in the beginning of 20 because it was 25th of March I came and I have a birthday on 22nd of April so it was I came on age of 19 and then I got one month later August 20. That is a precise information. I know. It's really precise. This accident that happened have helped me to remember all the small details from age 12 to age right now. Oh. So I remember who I was together and a lot of times I have this deja vu effect that I know this person. Even though I have, we are in different country. Yeah, I'm in different country, but I, I, have, I know this person from somewhere. Mm. But I just cannot, you know, put it in pieces and put it together and understand. But sometimes have happened that I go to a person, I say, I know you. I know you, but I don't know from where. But I know you from somewhere. It's like the memory you lost. Yeah. Maybe yeah, there's still something there. Up. And your body also absorbs a lot of memories. Yeah, so that's it. And then I didn't want to do nothing. I met up with a, a girl who I was dating for three years. And then she wanted to... She wanted a guy who does something more than I was doing at that time when I was doing nothing. I was playing video games. I was doing pot. I was just partying every weekend. Working... And basically living like no life. But I believe that it wasn't like living no life. I was just finding myself. Because they also said that from age 18 to 30, you are living your life. And at age 30, you're starting to looking for yourself. I heard this somewhere a couple months ago. And it stayed. And it stayed. But then I realized, that, you know, we are living in this amazing era of electronics, technologies, internet, uh, amazing entrepreneurs, idea, artificial intelligence and everything. And world is so unique. It's so amazing. And there are so many things we don't know about it yet. The other day, I also was talking to Jonas Bang Anderson, the founder of Above Borders. What he does, I consider as a really amazing work because he shows and improves to people that you can travel to world most isolated countries. And before I met him, I never thought that you can go to a country such North Korea. Yeah. And that's like, it seriously blew my mind. Perspective again. Is that about perspective? Other thing I told him that he didn't know, that in Europe there's a third pyramid. That there are three pyramids now in the world. Oh, where is the third one? Uh, the third one, I think it was... It wasn't in Croatia. It was in Bosnia, I think. Uh, one of the countries in Europe. I, we have to look it up. But uh, yeah, so there are three pyramids. So imagine that if recently they found out this, what else is there? Yeah, unknown. Well, what else is there unknown that we don't know yet about this world, you know? So what happened when your girlfriend told you I want to be with someone who yeah, is more a doer? Did I want to go to study... But I never believed in study because I was also studying in Latvia. I, I started studying uh, multimedia design and, uh, and PR. Then I went to marketing and communications. And then I was thinking, why I need studies? If we have internet, if we have uh, unique people who can give me a knowledge, why I need to go to study some kind of formulas or graphs or theory that somebody came up centuries ago? Why should I? I mean, yes, it's a base of uh, marketing, of finance world and know the business world. Yes. But why should I learn these things if I cannot apply them? Like why we study algebra and why it can be geometry 
I always have told this funny story every time to every person who I met and asked me how was your time in uh, high school. I said that I still don't understand what's the meaning for math in school when you study algebra, when you study these formulas, when you study geometry. But later on, I realized that it helps the logical thinking. It helps you to think logically. Everything that you do in life has a meaning. So you started doing and you... And I started doing marketing, international sales and marketing management. A full-time job? No, no, in a school studying. Okay. So I studied that. I was working as a, as a waiter in a Radisson Blue. I graduated that and then I then changed the job to another place. Now I'm a chef in uh, Brockner Hotels. And then I also realized that, you know, I'm so... Since I don't have my own story to tell, I mean, I do have to have a story from age 12 to age uh, 28 right now. That's important. That's, that's a important that, story, course, that's, that is a story already. But if somebody asks me, how was your childhood? I, I don't remember. That is what is fascinating. I cannot tell you. Probably it's because it was good. Well, I mean, what my parents were telling me, that I was eating uh, worms. I was uh, making sand pancakes when you just take sand and you try to fry it in sun and so it's a it's a it's, a, it's an interesting thing you know but sometimes it makes you sad that you don't really can tell the story that everyone wants to hear everyone wants to hear yeah i mean everybody wants to know well, how was your childhoods i cannot tell nothing about it but you have them the pictures you have what your I family do, gave yeah, you to... to ask a person what is the picture showing me what is in the picture? What happened there? I know those people who are in the pictures. I know where is the location. But what was the event in that particular picture? How did I feel in that moment? I don't know. And also I have a friend, a really good friend. Uh, his name is Christopher Burks. He's a photographer. I also have been hosting him on my podcast. He is uh, also a co-founder of a startup called Castacost. They do uh, GIF uh, digital photos. Okay. During the interview, he said a very interesting thing that also made me carry the photos and appreciate the photos more because photos has emotions. It's not just a plain photo. The photo uh, has a memory inside or emotions or are they good or bad, you know? Yeah, it captures the moment. Yeah, it captures the moment. And I feel that sometimes people don't appreciate photos, physical photos so much as they used to, because how many times do we print out photos? Yeah, it's true. Do we really go to a photo salon and make the photos actual as in the physical? Can you actually hold it? No, now everything is digitalized. And, you know, if you want to delete this, the memory, you just press delete button. That's it. What a paradox, what you're saying, oh. knowing your story, because it is a story. Missing important parts of your yeah. life like that, right. you always have this yeah. kind of questioning who was I how do you define your identity today if you could define it I? I'm traveler a traveler you know um back when I was uh studying in Latvia hotel hospitality service management I was also going in drama classes and uh, I was also and that's why also I have a, a book with me uh the little prince you know the story is that I'm a traveler I never settle you know I always search for something not better, but something that can help me with self-development, that would help with the personality development, you know. Hmm. Is it because you lost a part of your memory that you're always no, in that quest? No, I'm curious. I'm always being curious about a lot of things, you know. There are a lot of things that 
I still don't know. And I still want to find out. I don't want to sell because I want to be happy. I want to, when I'm going to leave this earth, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave the people remember me. Yes, I do have a name of a pop singer, a rock star, Elvis Presley. We didn't talk about that one, but yes, yes. you do have the name yeah, of the and, and many, rock and roll guy. Yeah, and many times people are also asking me, oh, do you know the guy? Oh, I mean, come on. Who doesn't know Elvis? We're talking about Elvis Presley, okay? Yeah. Who doesn't know Elvis? I mean, if you ask a small kid, yes. If you maybe ask, uh, I don't know which generation you should ask to not know who is Elvis. I believe that in this world that is so huge, there must be places where people don't know Elvis Presley because they don't have the communication tools and they have separated themselves maybe from... Korea. Maybe North Korea doesn't know because they are locked. Black market. Yes. And who knows? Yes. So you have an important name with you that you carry every day. I do. And that's been chasing me for 28 years. Why did your parents call you Elvis? It wasn't my parents. It was my um, mother's best friend who lives in Australia. That's what my parents told me, that they kind of decided that that could be a good name for me. Mm-hmm. Compared to the singer then? Yeah. I also went to music school that I hated in the bottom of my heart i hated music school i hated the literature i hated uh, studying the notes i hated uh, seriously that was that the way that they approach the studies or the they way that they taught you the music is not the way that has to be taught in my opinion because if we look back at let's say 90s 80s 70s music I'm not talking about the new type of music that currently teenagers and Generation Z, Y are listening. Whatever. I am not even talking about Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus or whatever. No. Because that's, in my opinion, sorry for saying that out loud, not a music. It's not a music. That's not a story. There is not a story. Really? If you look at Guns N' Roses, if you look at... Um, today I was also listening to Meat Love, Queens. Aerosmith to Rolling Stones, let's well, zap. You're kind of an American kind of music genre. Yeah, but I was also listening to some Spanish music, you know. It's just I appreciate 90s, 70s, 80s music because I remember the first time I went actually to Led Zeppelin's concert. My father took me to Led Zeppelin's concert in Latvia. Cool. And I thought that was the most amazing experience in my life as being in age of, I don't remember. Was it after 12? I think it was after 12. I, do, I don't remember when it was, but I think it was because that's a memory I remember. And that was, um, it was an amazing experience to see a legendary band that people were admiring for centuries, to yes. be there and singing, you know. And then since that time, I started loving actually music. But not the way music is taught in school. But not the way that music is taught in school because the way it's being taught in school is through push. They're pushing you to study. They're forcing you to do that thing. You like the free will of learning. I do, I do like because I do like that music has a lot of emotions. It has a lot of stories. There are certain genres of music that can feel you in a different way. It empowers people, you know. If you feel sad, you're not going to listen to Pharrell Williams' uh, happy song, right? <laughs> no. It's a matter of choice. It's you could, choice. in order to switch your emotion, 
You could go to Pharrell Williams. Yes, but you know, if you are heartbroken, you're not gonna go listen to happy songs about love and everything. Then you'll listen the song that I was listening yesterday. What was it? Um, the song was, uh, "What is love? What is love? What is love? <laughs> yeah, what is love? Oh, that one. Can you feel it? Or is this the love? Yeah. Cool. And then another song that I was listening to. Do you know what love is? No. I wanna know what love is. You want to to show me this one. Yeah. He's singing. Oh my god, yeah. he's singing. It doesn't mean that you know I was sad in that moment because I was listening to that song. Because actually, those songs, they have a story. They really do have a story. If you if you watch their video clips, like Michael Jackson, amazing singer, amazing stories, Thriller, what, twelve minutes long song? Yeah. There's the story you have yes. when you listen to the music, yeah. and there's the story that is created in order yes. to enhance the song that you yes. listen to. It's true that music has a lot of power. Amazing. I think the most amazing band created, plus the Guns N' Roses and Rolling Stones. Aside from that. Did you try to do music to be in a band? To be honest, no. No. I never been in band, and I never wanted to be in band. I don't know why. It's just I, I was more always into the things that actually requires to make the music. The behind the scenes. The behind the scenes of making the music, editing part. I would say it's always been inspiring me. It's hard because you know right now I'm also. Not only doing interviews with amazing entrepreneurs and listening to our unique stories, but also afterwards editing, and that's you know maybe it's the dark side of actually the podcasting. Yes, but, but, I can agree. But it's actually it's the most enjoyable part because talking to people and having this one it's amazing, but listening afterwards. That's unspeechless. Yeah. Because you can listen to that story over and over and over again. Yeah. You can relive those moments over and over again, and you can be a part of somebody else's story. Yeah, I totally agree. There's something magical that happens yes. behind the scenes that yes. you just receive it again, the yeah. knowledge, and again and again. Yeah. I've not started this for a long time, like you, who have started like you're in in the field already for a year now, right? A year, yes. But what I can say is that. Whoever would like to try and create their own podcast or audio project, there's something really powerful that happens before, within, and after. It's really demands a lot of passion, but also patience. And the story is all over again, as you said. You just repeat it in your head Voice again and again. Voice has just unique power. Yeah. And we have so many different voices. The way we pronounce things, the way we. Use our vocabulary. It can be that has to be taught in schools, not how to do SWOT analysis. I'm sorry, SWOT is important. Yes, in marketing, everything I know, but why people don't get educated on those things? Yeah, on soft skills as, yeah. as well. I mean, yes, of course, we've been educated on like communication skills and all that, but there are much more. You know. Do you right. think it's something that schools have to be in charge of, or everyone has to take its own lead? I think schools have to change their curriculum and adapt to a current situation and stop forcing kids to study something that's been invented hundreds years ago. It's basics, yes, but they have to move on. They have to think outside the box and make actually 
the education process more enjoyable because otherwise you know you can if you go to school what you study i i studied for two and a half years and then after that i studied a little bit more and you can see that in the beginning of the semester everybody is appearing in classes but when it comes to end <laughs> you have like one third of a class and no man's land <laughs> yeah no man's land seriously and then you have like why am i here i mean yes i am here to study right to get that degree to get uh, that paper but what do i get out of it i get afterwards i get that paper and i hang it literally on a toilet door to look at it and say yes i got that achievement because i went to actually school i was another brick in the wall slash pink floyd <laughs> another great band yeah indeed you're just putting in some yes on the website there's gonna be like a playlist anyway and a song of every talk and i can feel that i have a selection of songs that i'm gonna put on for you i'm telling you <laughs> the only thing that i'm scared of is as we move on in the future mm -hmm. and new singers and artists appear in the vocal industry musicians that the old ones gonna fade out people gonna stop listening to those things because if i go of case to i go to karaoke bars i go to some bars yes of course there are certain songs that are unique and they will never be taken out of you know yeah the standards but i didn't remember the last time i heard for example elvis song publicly That's the thing, is a music story or your personal music story doesn't have to be in the public scene. You have your family, your friends, you can entertain yeah. that. I kind of disagree. For the young people today, it's true if they don't have a surrounding that kind of transmits that legends uh, or music um, history, they can be a little bit lost, but they could also fall on music people or music standards by chance. It happens as well, so... I have some bands that I really hold on to, British bands, like The Smith. I'm a big fan of Marseille, Joy Division. And um, obviously, those are part of a certain genre, and not everyone listens to it. But again, the platforms today, even if there are algorithms, you can fall on them. Because one day, I don't know, you shared your, your playlist with someone, and all of a sudden, it pops up in your feed. So... It's a matter of just like being open and walking by the street and seeing a CD store and being like catched by a cover and you enter. Yeah, but do we really carry CDs currently? We are in Copenhagen. There are like a lot of CD stores and hopefully they exist and you can see all those vintage covers. Yes. For me personally, I'm like dragged to them i'm like oh my god i didn't see this cover for a while i just enter and i touch the vinyl or vinyl i don't see vinyl. vinyl and it's another way of approaching music and approaching the artist yeah but you and me we are from generation y <laughs> i don't want to be targeted you're, the generation we are millennials and we appreciate these kind of things because we actually grew up with those things if we take in consideration The younger generations. But they're not alone. They have families, right? Yes. But do they really carry... Do you think that the biggest part of them has a vinyl at home? I don't have a vinyl at home. Oh, I do have David Bowie. I do not have, but I do have a CDs, like a physical CDs where I actually have written some songs. And they are still there because they're going to be always there. Somebody that's going to scratch them and then the CD can be destroyed. But the music can be always there because it's there digitally. 
I don't think that younger generations are valuating these things so much. They are just having all digital. Spotify, iTunes, uh, Shazam, whatever else is coming out right now. Maybe. That's my opinion. That's what I see. For example, if I look at my sister's daughter, you know, I mean, she do has some CDs and vinyls and everything, but it's not the same. Everything is changing. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. But hopefully we are in an era where everything is digitalized, even the oldest songs and oldest movies that are restored. So it's not something that's going to disappear that easily. There are structures and, and organizations that are like defending art. So hopefully... Everything is going also for sustainability. Yeah. And having a physical vinyl, it's not sustainable anymore because that's, that's usually actually a resources. It's true. It's rather to go in digital and because digital data doesn't really require a lot of resources. Only computers Only stuck computers. together and yeah. being really hard <laughs> together. Yeah. Technology. Yes. So it's a great transition to come to what is next, your passion and fascination for entrepreneurs. Who was the first entrepreneur that really stood up for you and you were like, wow, this guy is amazing or this woman is the amazing? First, the first entrepreneur that stood out of me and it will be always like that is and will be Steve Jobs. Will always be the guy. Because, you know, the first time I heard about Steve Jobs was the first time I saw iMac. It was at my friend's place. He had an iMac. Those beautiful iMacs that you can put CD in the side and everything. And it's all that is a computer. Let me just say something. This is not sponsored. There is no sponsorship for Spotify, Shazam, Apple. This is totally No, no. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. The sources we use, so we cannot not talk about them currently. But uh, yeah, and the first time I saw it, I thought that is the most beautiful computer ever invented in a human history. It's a beautiful design. It's just a screen. And that's all. There is no physical box. There is nothing that has to do. just need a table where you put a screen and basically have a, a place where you put keyboard and a mouse. But that's also wireless. You can go, I don't know, another side of the room. And that's the first time I saw it. And then I wanted to know who invented this one. Mm. And I was a small kid. By that time, I started kind of following all this Apple things and obsessions. I always thought that Apple is and will be always or was the most unique and inventional brand in the world until Steve Jobs passed away. What was it about Steve Jobs that you were so attracted to? The mindset, the way he approaches things and the way he thinks and pureness, the dedication to achieve something and invent something that a humankind haven't never seen, a computer. And if we compare Windows to Apple laptops or operation systems, iOS to Windows, I wish Windows had Apple operation system because it's pure, it's easy, it's simple, it's easy to understand, it's pleasant to use, and it's great for all the creativity that you need. All the graphic stuff, the pixels looks much better on Apple screens. It's just amazing invention. It's value for money. Even though they cost, the, the products of Apple, like laptops, they cost a lot. A lot. I do have one iMac at home, and I bought it 
eight years ago, and it's still in the same condition as it was eight years ago. Nothing has changed. Uh, hopefully for you. I have mine at home and it needs a new one. I have to buy a new one now. No, no. I mean, in the way he operates and, you know, the way it functions. During that time, I already have changed three laptops of Windows. And I still sometimes use my iMac because it's a pleasant experience. It's true. It's a matter of experience, indeed. It's, it's an experience that I'll never forget. But unfortunately, I'll never buy Apple laptop. Who knows? I don't believe it anymore until Steve Jobs passed away. Just because he passed away? Just because he passed away and now, unfortunately, sorry, but Tim Cook is not the one, the person who has to be in front of Apple. That is not really like, your, this is the product and the one being the ambassador of the product are yeah. two different things. Because you didn't change the leader doesn't mean that the product has changed that it much. Changed. It changed. Recently, I also heard that also Johnny Ive Who's that? quit. Johnny Ive is the product designer of Apple. He invented all the laptops. Of He was closely working together with Steve Jobs. He really invented a lot of unique things. But since, and that's what I have heard, since Tim Cook came in order, he doesn't think about the product. He thinks about the volume, how much he sells. I mean, yes, for a brand and company, it's good because company has to have the revenue and all that stuff, but you have to think about the customers. How many laptops of Apple have had this issue with keyboards? Yeah. With screens, with a lot of other things. iPhones with the bend gates, with charging. I mean, yeah. that never happened when Steve Jobs was still alive. There wasn't coming out instant. Every new model has some kind of issue. I understand your fascination for Steve Jobs and the legacy he has brought on this planet. And, and it's true, it's a matter of experience. And he made also the presentations of the newest models as an experience. But again, a product cannot be solely attached to the one creating it. So it has evolved. But again, it's a matter of choice and a matter of... We don't know the who are in the board and the one maybe want to focus on the volume as you were talking about. But what I want to ask you is, you must know his life and you know that as a founder, as a person, he was a demanding boss. What do you think about his character, his personality towards the team and people working with him? Yes. I mean, that's the downside of him, that he was really demanding and stressing out a lot of people. I didn't want to say it. I know, yeah, but it's true, and that's been around. And I also have read his uh, biography, Steve Jobs' book, that my sister gave me. Amazing book. Everybody should read it. Don't know the life story of Steve Jobs, you definitely have to. So I'm not giving any spoilers right now. But you are enticing people to read it. I'm enticing, but I'm not uh, giving any spoilers of actual how he was as a person behind all the scenes that we know about him. I think that, you know, sometimes... We as a founder, we also have to be egocentric and we also have to put some fire into, you know, add some brick into the fire to get that thing moving on. And yes, maybe his approach wasn't the best, how approaching his employees, but I believe that actions speak for themselves. At the beginning, he wasn't that way. Do you feel that? 
power or success changed his way of approaching. I think that's true, and but also also that he was having a cancer, so his time was also running out a bit. You know, he has his own reasons,、mm. and I'm not here to judge him. Obviously, obviously, but I'm not here to judge him. He he has his own reasons, and we all learn from those things. But he always been inspiring to me, and and it's gonna be always like that. Yeah, of course. There's also another person who I am truly highly inspired on, and it's Gary Vaynerchuk. I knew we we're gonna talk about the we're guy. Talk about him. I knew we we're gonna、uh, talk about Gary. I never listened to him so badly as I'm listening while I'm currently a founder and an entrepreneur, because I was in that position where I wasn't using internet. I wasn't using the Internet, the way it is, and the data and the information provided for us as this provided right now.、Mm-hmm. Because if I roll back when I was twelve, we didn't had internet and information availability as it is right now. As also Anderson, the the guy on one of my episodes, he also said that it's never been easier to be entrepreneur in this time of world. Easier. Because you have all the information provided. If you want to know something, you just open internet. If you want to search for something, or you want to know something from actual person, you go to a person and ask him. Currently, we are surrounded by amazing people with their unique ideas and their experiences. And if you want to know something, if you don't know something, you just go and ask. All you have to do is open your mouth and say some meaningful words or ask that question that you wanted to. Don't you think there is a process? Everyone has a time of processing information and knowledge, so it's not the same result for everyone. Yes, but we are living only one life. Obviously, there's only one life to live. Then faster you're gonna start, then better you can be. I also have noticed that by the age coming, your memory starts fading away. You start forgetting things. You start not being able to approach things in the same way as you were able to approach when you were what eighteen, twenty. So the older you get, the harder it's gonna go. And another big thing that people have is comfort, and I believe that comfort is the biggest enemy of humankind, because if we get comfortable in a certain situations, then you are not allowed to say, "Oh, people fucked up the world." If you're sitting in a in on your couch watching Netflix. Drinking your teas and not doing anything, and then saying that world is wrong, you're not allowed to say those things. I'm sorry. If you want to do something, then change the world. You have all the capabilities. Well, I'm more flexible than you. I'm more flexible than you. Truly agree with you. But you know, another thing is that social media. A lot of people say, "Oh, social media destroyed my life." They didn't destroy your life. It's your、social、use of social media. media. Was an empty platform. It's an empty platform. The information that you provide are provided by you, and you destroyed it. Nobody took your hands and didn't write this crappy comment about somebody. Didn't create gossips. No, you did it yourself. So you don't go and don't complain and don't cry about that. Social media destroyed my life. Posted that picture. You wanted to be exposed. It's all it does. Yeah. Social media just exposed us. You believe in self empowerment, also being um. How can I say it? I'm losing my words. Can I say it in French? Please. 
As long as you translate, Kayla. Oh, crap, I have to translate it. <laughs> <laughs> For example, you're saying that when someone posts something on the internet, you have to be responsible and stay clear to your decision that I am the one who posted, I am the one who did that. So that you keep kind of ownership, but also consequences of what happens to your life. Yes, that is. For you personally, something that you're guided by, your well, decisions. Whatever I have done in my life, it has made me in a person I am right now. And yes, I wasn't the best uh, kid. I have never been the best son to my father and mother. I have never been the best brother to my sister. I have never been, you know, the the best uncle to my my sister's daughter, you know. But you can always change something. You have one life to live. So why the fuck you don't do something if you don't like what you are? I have done bad things in my life, and Google has it. But I'm not going to go to Google and say, hey, I want this information deleted because I'm ashamed of my past. I'm not going to do that. Mm. But because of one, I'm sorry, I don't know who was that guy. His career didn't shine as he wanted. So that's why he put all of us in this position that our data is personal and has to be protected. Whatever you post on the internet, that's your own business nobody uses it and if you are vulnerable for judgment and you cannot take judgment then live under the rock because that's what it's about if you cannot take judgment i'm sorry for you i believe that also you know in social media a lot of people they like happy things they like when somebody says something good or oh, you look good something positive but when it comes to negativity people get depressed they kill themselves. I don't know. I mean... Yeah, people have to be tougher in good and bad. I was researching also before the interview this recto verso. It could be the same principle. Exactly. There are two phases. You know, there are positives and there are negatives. Well, let me just state for people why you're talking about recto verso. This is the transition for the next part. You're always like trying to be ahead of time. Yeah. Every time I send a little prep to my guests, and indeed in one of the themes I talk about the art of Rexo Verso, it's like everything in life. We are not only the person who is sitting and talking. There's more to our stories, more to our being, and uh, we must acknowledge it and respect it. So I totally agree with you. Social media is the mother of each person accepting and being responsible of everything you post out there and everything you accept to like or not. The problem is not social media, it's the way we use it. Let us now talk about something that I really, really want to talk about. The fact that you interview entrepreneurs and you are an entrepreneur. How does it feel being in front of people who are like you doing I will not define myself. I, I am entrepreneur and I live the life as entrepreneur. But my first and foremost goal with what I do is not to have two more zeros in my bank account. Money is not the thing I do it for. I do it for the stories. I do it because it's my passion. Do you think every entrepreneur does a project or a concept because he wants to have a double zero there are, more? There are different people and they goals are different and i'm not judging if you want to have those two zeros in your bank account or if you want to be on a forbes 40 or 40 list if that's your goal with your entrepreneurship journey then beat it but that's not what i want to be i want to be 
a self-made man. I want to be a person who is happy with who I am. I want to be happy with myself. And I want to inspire people with what I can do. I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not Bill Gates. But I'm also not uh, any other big name that's out there, right? But they started from ground zero and then they build it up through obstacles, through learning, through things. And I want to learn and see and experience this. I want to live that world. It is, sorry for my language again, fucking hard to be an entrepreneur. It is. It takes a lot of your time, stress, <laughs> time. You could see the face like you could sense it though. Yes. yes. It's just, it's just... You know, it's, you have to sometimes wrap around things and then you are like sitting in a dark room looking at your screen, you know, social media, looking at those numbers, fluctuating, coming down, coming up. And you are like doubting yourself, what I'm doing wrong, why I'm not getting the same followers as I am. But it's all about the patience. It's all about self-awareness. It's all about putting consumers at the pedestal, in the front of what you do. And that's what I live for. Yeah. Recently, I also posted on my LinkedIn the same thing, that there are three rules or the success formula of every entrepreneur, in my opinion, and there are also other entrepreneurs who believe and live by this principle, is number one, self-awareness, number two, patience, and number three is blind consumer focus, meaning that consumers are the ones. They are the client and they will always yeah. be the client. Because if like my brand... My company, Sweetcast Media, doesn't belong to me. I was just the founder of it. But the brand belongs to the consumer. And how the consumer gonna perceive my message, positive or negative, that depends on them. In my choice, what I have to do is to make it as positive as I can. And if they're gonna perceive it in a positive way, it's good for me. If it's not, good also. Because... It's a learning. It's a whole learning process. What are your views on failure? Best friend of success. Failure is the best friend of success. If you never fail, you're never going to succeed. That's how simple it is. There's no other thing. And how you recover from the waves you of success to, and failure? You have to learn from failing. You have to love failing mm. to be successful. An entrepreneur who starts a business at the core of it, at the beginning... Their first goal is certainly not to have those three, four zeros. I, that is not a definition of an entrepreneur when you start. You can change on the way, but at the beginning, is this, there's this genuine love and passion that I do believe it's the, the only thing you have to hold on to. How is it possible that you interview a lot of different people who are starting, who are already at a level that they are, And from the beginning to the end, it's always the same thing. You have to fail to success. You have to work hard. You have to surround yourself with good people. <laughs> Or you have to be a bastard. <laughs> you could have people like that. But it's always the same thing. And it just doesn't reduce the level of demand and exigence that is part of the work. So what's the question? It's coming. <laughs> That's a part of not preparing anything. 
how is it possible that the message is still the same? It's hard. It will always be hard. It's not hard. It's how you perceive it. It's not hard. I I also thought the first time I started, it is hard and it is always be hard in my perspective because what I want to achieve, I don't see the same in other entrepreneurs' faces. Maybe I work too hard and I put too much my business on a pedestal in some point, but I believe that we should have that called termin work-life balance. And I recently start kind of practicing it because if you're going to be all about work, you're going to lose the life. And if you're going to be all about life, you're going to lose the business. So it has to be in a balance. But then also you have to be with a person who understands loved ones, family, girlfriend, boyfriend, animals, whatever it takes to you to make you happy because you have to have somebody to speak to in cases when you are facing this failure. If you have nobody to, then you, I'm sorry, I, I don't know, you can just go crazy. Yeah. Kill yourself. Suicides. Depression. Being entrepreneur, it is hard, but I'm really inspired by the stories that people have and the mindset they have and the fire that they have in their eyes and the will to succeed. Not everybody has that. Yeah. Not everybody. And that's why I have also told before, I am not sure whether I heard this one, but I am telling you, my brain consumes a lot of information daily and it just stays there and then I try to use it when... I can use it. That's your superpower. Yes. And then, uh, you know, there is this thing that, you know, and it's been around for a couple of years, I already heard that, that there is this thing that 97% of the whole population are the followers and the 3% are the leaders. I believe that there should be more leaders because of those 97% who are followers, there are huge part of them who can be the leader? Yeah, they are not aware that they are leaders. But what are not, and they are, I agree with you, they are not aware that they are the leaders. But what are, in my opinion, they are not aware is they are not testing themselves. They're not putting themselves in a, exposing themselves. You know, they're feeling, as I mentioned before, comfortable. I'm okay with my life. I'm okay with my salary. I'm okay with uh, everything else. But when it comes to, like, say, elections, when it comes to, like, government changes, the regulation changes, they're starting acting like, oh, life is bad, everything is bad, they're cutting my salary and everything. But the moment when you had the possibility to act and do something about it, you were sitting and watching Netflix. You have something against Netflix or something? No, I love Netflix. I, I do love Netflix and recently it's providing a lot of uh, great documentaries. But it can be anything else. Wherever you had a time to act and go to elections and vote for the one you believe is has to be in front of the country and government, you are sitting home and saying, oh, I'm not going to judge because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I vote to because anyway, somebody is going to be elected that I don't want to. Mm -hmm. If every person going to think like that, in life and they perceive life in the same way, then nothing can uh, change. Yeah, nothing can change in that way. I mean, if we look back, for example, I'm 28 years old, right? 
When I was 20, I remember winter. Right now is what? Mid of December? Do you see any snow outside? No. That's global warming. It's because of humanity and the ignorance of acting when they should act. All they want is just simple life. From age one to age uh, whatever they die at, be another brick in the wall. I totally agree with you. And I believe that our sense of who we are can be boxed by the context and our education. All of us at some point in our life must ask ourselves the question like, why am I here and what can I bring forth on the table? A lot of people don't just want to follow. It's just that it demands a lot of courage to get out of the matrix and try to have your own flag and be you. Only one person at a time. The wave cannot just, not everyone is going to join it. But what you're doing and what you're sharing is also a way to like make people understand that you can do it as well. You can get out of that comfort zone and you can try, fail and come back and it's okay. I believe that it's just a matter of just doing one person at a time, one zone at a time, not in the political sphere because that is way too far, but just the person next to you, like us talking, like you and you talk to the founders, just step by step, small steps. We cannot assume that one morning everyone is going to wake up and say, I'm going to take control. No. We don't have the same level of awareness and growth and it takes time. If all of us are going to act in the same way, we can change the world. Yeah, we can change our world. The public speaker, environmentalist, Greta. Oh. The Swedish entrepreneur, Turnberg. She's an entrepreneur. That's how you call she her. Is, she is the world-changing person and she wants to change the world. Because... She's an activist. Activist. I mean, one day she can be entrepreneur. Me and my words. One day she can be entrepreneur. Greta Thunberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to be one. I, I believe... Even though she always looks angry, in all the photos she looks angry, and whatever, she seems angry. But the thing that she says, I'm kind of believing in. Because I want winter. I want Christmas to be snowy. Was it snowy last year? No, it wasn't snow. I don't remember snow. I even have on my Facebook page, I have even... I built a snowman here in Denmark. The one and only day that there was a snow. I built it, I made a photo, and I placed it on my Facebook. One of the unique days that there was snow in this country. Yeah, it becomes an event. And it's getting worse and worse. I mean, if we go out right now, come on. I'm wearing winter gloves, and I'm wearing summer jacket in December. <laughs> December, <laughs> summer jacket. <laughs> and I'm not even taking my boots out because I don't see reason for boots because it's not that cold it's plus degrees now well it's cold it's not cold at all well today maybe not as cold as yesterday latvia. the day before in latvia as right now it's snow it's snowy people are using uh, winter tires for their cars cleaning the roads that's the winter this is not winter what we're having right now that's uh, as you say global warming but that's being caused by us by increased population by factories by ignorance of caring about earth in order to change our daily future in a way don't you think it's not about trying to get back what we used to have but adapting and changing now our daily uses it, it is if we don't have snow well we have to be more creative <laughs> yes and we have to f make a fake snow yes but that's not the same feeling 
obviously, but maybe we don't need to get back to that specific snow because nature has its own rules again, and nature as we is adapting, and maybe we can we don't know how it's gonna transform and mute yeah, again. That's true. So instead of expecting that snow, we should have some snow in our hearts. <laughs> That was a cheesy moment. That was a cheesy moment, Kara. <laughs> but, I mean, that's true, yeah. You seem to be really concerned about ecology, about... I'm concerned about a lot of things because I was loving my life and I love my life, don't uh, get me wrong. But I was loving that time of the... when there was a snow, when I could go out and do skiing... Yes, of course, it was fun to go skiing. I can go to France, Italy, on the mountains that's above like three kilometers and everything. But it's not the same. It's not the same feeling. And I also stopped uh, believing in Christmas as in, in general. I don't really understand what is Christmas for right now. I'm sorry. Yes. For the Christmas fans? For Christmas fans, yes. But it's not about that. Christmas doesn't need to be about gifts. It doesn't need to be about gifts. It never was about gifts. Never. It's all about just being together, the family, loved ones. Remembering. Remembering foods, things, you know. Now it's like all about spending money. Who can give a bigger gift this year? For the last couple of years, I'm saying I don't want any gifts for Christmas because it's just, you don't have to. Mm. You don't have to spend money on me for Christmas because it's just how it's now in society made. I don't go for Christmas shopping. I don't. I just hate shopping. I'm sorry. We are discovering a lot of things about you. <laughs> I hate shopping. No, I want winter. Why, it's a why feeling waste, of why it. Waste why waste money on things that you're never gonna use or maybe use once or twice in, their, in your life and then never gonna use again? Hmm. We all have to be a little bit smarter about how we consume and yeah. how we we approach events like Christmas. Yeah. Well, the same is like this fast retail, you know. Fast retail. Fashion. Fast fashion. Oh, I see. Yeah, fast fashion, you know. The most polluting industry in the world. Fashion is the most polluting industry in the world. And we don't take any activity in it. We purchase things, we use them for one season, and we throw them out. Do you think about the future impact, the environmental impact that you're causing? Hmm. I use my jeans for like five, ten years because, I mean, in a certain age, humans stopped growing. I mean, okay, we get fatter, skinnier, and that stuff. It's a different thing. But at certain point, you don't grow anymore. You stop growing. And then that's the moment when you can buy something that you can have it for a longer time. Like your feet doesn't grow every day. It stops growing at what? At different people, different uh, time. And I learned that from my father also. I was always thinking, why he always have the same shoes? I mean, of course, he purchased new shoes, but he does it in a couple of years. He doesn't buy, like, every year I have to buy new shoes because fashion is changing. Yes, it is shifting, but it's going to come back. Yeah, it's true. It's a never-ending cycle. If now, I don't know, backpacks are popular, maybe in five years they will not be popular anymore, you know? Now men have bigger wallets, you know. The wallet just expands for men. I think soon men will be wearing a purses. And then again, normal wallet. The fashion industry is such, literally like a lobby, like literally so huge. Yes. And the people who are really deciding the trends are 
if more people like me and you, well, you have to have an interest for fashion, but more people who are concerned about ecology and sustainability enters the fashion industry in order to hack it, then we can have a change of communication and a wave of maybe talk to the younger people and make them a little bit more aware of how they consume. No, there is generation, generations, I think she's from Generation Z, Lilia Dreyer, the founder of Wear. What she does and all the startups that I have interviewed, they are in unique in certain ways. And uh, what she does is that she recycles the textile waste and she turns jeans into footwear. So it goes back here in a circle economy. Yeah, exactly. The same as uh, Tegan Spinner, the founder of Localist. He does the same. He takes the phones and puts back in circle economy. The things inside the phone doesn't die. Yes, the battery maybe dies, burns out, everything. but there are certain objects doesn't die mm. and you can reuse them i thank god that you know the new generation z they are more caring about environment and sustainability and there are such a huge increase in sustainable brands and a lot of brands are going into it and we are seeing less print media and more you know digital media that consumes less resources i see that you have like a really refined selection of people since i went in podcasting and start absorbing and getting collecting all these stories my perspective of life have changed rapidly that's what it have happened i believe because before that i was just like yeah you know there is you know i have money in my bank account i have friends i have uh, family i have this and that you know i am living a normal life you know having an apartment in denmark and you know yeah, living the good life. But then I'm realizing that, is that what we are striving for? Is that what I want to be? Just living a normal life, a human being, life is living. There are more in life than we humans, some of us, just think. There are more to things to know, and then it's just, what is the limit? It's extremely, like, resourceful. Yes. Even knowing that, you know what, something totally not even conceivable in my mind a few months ago is possible today. That's extremely powerful. Yes, it's all thanks to technology. Yeah. And the information and data provided. Then everybody's complaining. Oh, they're taking my data. You posted your name on internet. So since the first day you put your name in internet, that's it. Everybody knows everything about you. Deal with it. Come on. Move on. So what are your plans with the podcast and the Sweetcast Media? How do you envision yourself in a few years? The idea and the goal I want to achieve is that I want to inspire other entrepreneurs to start their own journey and uh, be a better person than they are right now. It's all about sharing a knowledge. I don't want to be a billionaire because, you know, I just deserve it. I want to be happy with my life. And, and if somebody going to sponsor me, or wanted me to advertise their products, I'm free for that. But it's just, you know, I will be very picky of what I want to because I don't want a brand with a, a bad image connected to me. You have values to defend. Yeah, because they want to sell and I want to provide value. My goal is not to sell. My goal is to provide value. How does it feel to be on the other side of the seat? It's different. How different is it? It's different because, you know, then you have to share your story and then you have to tap in the face places that you have never spoken about or you have spoken, but you have never elaborated so wide, I would say. 
It's a different story. Do you feel at ease being the one answering whether that no, really was? Just, you know, then you have to recap things that you have been living through and then you're thinking like, who am I? What I'm here to do? What's my purpose of life? That makes me like, I'm still looking. I'm 28. I haven't reached that 30 when people are searching for them, but I'm still looking. Well, I'm 30 plus, and I can say it never ends, the search, right? Yeah. When you interview entrepreneurs, the focus is mainly on, on them, but do you feel that you also want sometimes to be the focus? It's not about me. As I mentioned, my story started at age 12. So the story that they are sharing, it's not about me. It's just what I can do during each particular interview is I can comment, give my suggestions, recommendations, opinions. But it's their story. It's not about me. I'm just the middleman between the consumer and them. The facilitator. Yeah. I'm grateful that every entrepreneur have provided their story. But it's also my task to get the best part of the story. As I mentioned before, the stories are not about things, objects. It's about people. It all depends on them. What story they want to tell me. Will it be the story where they were vulnerable or will be the story that they are the perfect thing yeah and then it comes to also to the word perfect that word in my opinion that word has to be erased from vocabulary at all because there are seven billion people what may be perfect for me it's not perfect for you or for everybody else there's a certain what is perfect then is there a formula what is perfect? No. No, it's so subjective. It's so subjective. I think there's no perfect things. And then I think that, you know, people have to share their stories because the story tells a lot of things. But once you share it, there's also this kind of expectation to receive or to touch a lot of people. I think that people have also to lower their expectations. They have to eliminate their expectations because you don't have to expect nothing. To achieve, they have to expect nothing. I think that humans, since social media, and that's maybe the dark side of social media, is that social media have made us addicted to likes and comments. And if somebody doesn't like or comment a certain picture or maybe a provider negative comments then it impacts our life it yeah. impacts our day personally me i don't get any comments i get monthly i get five comments every month likes i'm not getting likes i'm not yet yet i'm not getting that likes that you know like a lot of people like post they're like i'm not feminist right now okay you're not feminist right now. yeah but it's not like what do when you a girl, mean? When a girl posts... When a girl posts a photo where it's the V cut and then there is her big tits out and everybody's putting likes like, Oh, I like this photo. That's a guided like. You are like seeking for attention. You're an attention seeker. And when somebody provides actual value from actual entrepreneurs, game changers, inspiring people, nobody likes it because everybody wants to laugh about somebody's being kicked in the face or in a balls. That's the society we live in. 
because that's what society have created. Ha ha, laughs about somebody else's sorrows. Yeah, unfortunately. Come on. But hopefully, a lot of people create content, and there are places in social media where you can really receive inspiring content, share and go beyond. It's not only about beauty showing your physical men or men men or or female by the way it's not something only female do men do as well it's a platform where you find everything once again you choose what you want to like and it says a lot about you yeah yeah how do you feel about making things happen in what sense in the sense of every day the effort of it posting i want humans to wake up because another core of why i actually started it is that I have spoken to a lot of people in my life. And I have always asked these certain type of questions that test their boundaries, test the limits of what they want to share. And I, most of the times, have achieved that the people share the story that they don't want to share with anybody else. Because sometimes we are keeping in ourselves things that makes us maybe sad but those stories has to be shared. Yeah. If you're not going to ever share a story that makes you sad. It's cathartic to share it. You're going to collect, 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 and then you're going to explode like TNT. And We don't want that. No. You want to share. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you got raped when you were 10. Maybe you were in car accident like me. That's who you are. That's where you came from. That's the experiences, it's learnings that made you in a person that you are right now. And someone needs to hear it as well. Yes. And it's important to tell the story. But some people don't share it. Or they share the story that they want publicly be known. But there's a certain level of audience. You can share to your family and friends and you can share to... There are different spaces to share. It's not only going into share on Facebook your own perception of where you are more comfortable to share with? I think that it's more like they are afraid of judgment. They're afraid of judgment. If you tell a story that is sad from your past and you shed some tears and you tell a story to a a stranger, that stranger can become your best friend and that stranger can save your life. So don't be afraid of sharing it. And no matter how bad or good the story is. Yeah, I agree. It's just choosing which place you're more yeah. comfortable sharing yeah. it. And uh, it's really important to choose well as well. Letting go and just accepting things to be when they are. That's true. Because you're living in the moment. I mean, be in the present as we speak. Sometimes we are not in the present. And I have noticed and I have met a lot of people and I do work before with a lot of people who... They don't give a shit about you. They don't care. You tell them a story that can help them in future development, but all they care is to look at their phones and look, oh, I got new like. It's not the right person to talk to. Yeah, but a lot of people, you know. The negative side of technology is that it made us speak less. We don't speak as much as we spoke before. We don't communicate. Our conversations have become bland. Our conversations have become empty. With no value provided. There's like, how how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? That's it. But of this simple question, how are you? There can be a story told. How was your day? Good. Day has 24 hours. You want to tell me that from the 
12 o'clock at that day until 12 o'clock at night, you felt good through the whole day and there was nothing interesting that happened in these 24 hours? It's a matter of openness and I'm not trying to defend anyone. I'm just oh, saying no. that it depends a lot on the mood. It depends a lot on the person who's asking the question. It depends. On, there's so many parameters and criteria to someone yeah. opening up. And um, it's not something that just happens like that. And surprisingly, you can talk a lot to strangers and open up like never before. I totally agree. But you can expect that someone is going to open up to you just because you say hi. It's like lottery. It depends. You and know, chemistry. When I say my name. <laughs> if I say my name, is the best icebreaker. Well, Elvis, can you sing a song now? No, I don't sing. I have a terrible voice. Sorry. Well, you have a name that demands yeah, singing. I but I don't, uh, I don't uh, sing in that sense. So I graduated music school, yeah, but I never went in singing. I sing in showers because I'm all by myself and nobody yeah, can hear. The, the walls can only hear my singing and maybe the neighbor. <laughs> the water is covering up. Yeah, the water is covering up. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. So what did you bring for me today? Did uh, you bring something? Yeah, I did bring, uh, as I told you, the cutout. Yeah, I saw it. I'm going to take a picture. The cutout of this one. The, um, I mean, you cannot really see because, you know, the paper is a bit faded out. And then the photo album. Yeah. And also one of my favorite books, Le Prince. Le Prince. Yeah. Saint-Exupéry. Yeah, because getting back to my story about drama classes, when I was in drama classes, I was acting and my role was the pilot or actually the writer, mm. the story of the writer. And I think that's also kind of inspired me to actually collect stories and find out other people's stories because every story is a so unique thing. I have read this book multiple times and this book is in Latvian, so I'll not be able to translate it. Can you just read a little, just read it, just, I've never heard. Latvian? Yeah. I'll read the last page. Okay. Where it's about the view. So... The text sounds like this, and I'll read in Latvian, right? And we won't have any translation, unfortunately. I, I may translate it. Okay, cool. I'll try to translate it in a slow way, okay? Sure, go on. For me, this view seems beautiful and sad, saddest place in the world. This is the same uh, drawing that was in the previous page, but I drew it again, so all of you can look into it. This is the picture where the little prince appeared in the world and disappeared. Look into it uh, more carefully so you can familiarize with this place if uh, ever you travel to Africa desert. If you ever have a chance to go there, embrace the moment, be present and stay for a while and look at the stars. Look at the star that little prince came down to. And if some kid comes to you and he laughs, if he has a golden hair, if he doesn't answer when somebody asks him a question, then you already know that's the little prince. Then be please so sweet and lovely. But don't let this make you sad. And write to me that he came back to earth. That's it. Can we have a little bit in that yen? Yes. Man shi aynam shchita patis kaistaka un skumjaka viet pasaule. Tas ir tieši tas pats zīmējums, kas iepriekšējā lapusē, bet es to uzzīmēju vēlreiz, lai jūs labi ieskatītos tanī. Šeit mazais prins parādījās uz zemes un pēc tam pazuda. 
ielikojieties vērīgāk, lai jūs droši varētu pazīt šo vietu, ja kādreiz ceļosiet Afrikā, pa tūkstnesi. Un ja jums gadās doties tur garām, es ļoti, ļoti lūdzu nesteidzēties uzkavēties mazliet zem šīs zvaigznes. Un ja jums pienāk klāt kāds bērns, ja viņš smējas, ja viņam ir zeltēnumā, ja viņš neatbild, ka to izjautā, tad jūs, protams, nojautīsiet, ka tas ir mazais princis. Tad esiet lūdzu tik mīkši un neļaujiet man ļoti skumt. Right, uh, atrakstiet man. Labi, ātri, ka viņš at, ir atgriezies. Wow, it's a beautiful language. Yeah, but it's, it's not only one book, right? Another object that I brought today was the, the album. Yeah, you talked about it. And I spoke in the beginning. So there's uh, one picture of my best friends. All of my best friends. And there are a lot of pictures of them here. Here are one, two, three, four, five. We are all five. They kept this sign. All five that grew up on... Uh, here's a bigger picture. We grew up and right now we all are living our own separate lives. You know, some of us is photographers, some of us is politicians, some of us are in a Bitcoin currency. Mm. Some of us are just dreamers and searching for that one specific ingredient to build our own business. This memory will always be in my mind because, you know, it's important to have friends. It's important that no matter how many years passes away, you can always come back because there will always be people who remembers you. Yeah, I agree, yeah. You can have a lot of friends during your lifetime and they're gonna change. But it's important to have few friends who remembers you and who will always be, you know, when you die, they're gonna come for your funeral even though, you know, you haven't sent them a message. So that's the thing. There's a lot of things that's not filled up here. I also used to have a blonde hair. <laughs> and this is me when I was little. Oh, cutie. I'm gonna take a picture if you want to share. Yes, I think it was me. And this is more my graduated music school. Had long hair? No, this one. No, that's not long hair. Me and my cool sweater, kickers, original. And uh, yeah. You hold on to it. It still misses a lot of photos. And it's still a lot of things. But you know, all the photos, they are basically digitalized now. Thank you. That's what it is about. Yeah, it's all about that. Yeah. Keeping things close to us. Yeah, it's important to embrace and keep hold on to physical photos because, you know, if we look at, you know, for example, if we took, take the photo, any photo, and we turn around, right, there's a date. Then you can, you know, remember Yeah. that this photo has been taken in that time and then you can live back in the memories. It says a lot about how you treasure memories and treasure stories it says a lot that's true you want to take the notebook for sure a new word you take a new page does that word has to be related to something no the word that comes into your mind can it be two words you can add two words if you want awesome i call this the manifesto words and it's a little bit of a time travel as well Oh, that's what it is. Okay. The beginning from now. And it says a lot of how it has evolved or how your mindset or whatever thing in your mind has evolved. So what were your first words? I'll let you start. What was your first word? Patience. Patience? Okay. Mine was time. Aha. Uh -huh. What are your second words then? Be present. Well, mine is green kind. <laughs> that's something. So when you mix them up, it makes something interesting. <laughs> Patience or patient? Patience. Patience, time, be patient. Yeah, don't rush the time. We have to be patient. We don't have to force the time because 
Time is valuable and you have to enjoy the moment. Time has its own rules by itself. The things gonna come to you when they have to come to you. Exactly. I totally believe that. You cannot force your future. Because you know, a lot of people talk about like, oh, by 30 you have to be married, kids, family, house. But is that what humanity has to go for? Not everyone and not at the same time. That has a good salary and all that kind of... But is that what you want from your life? Some people want that. Yes, maybe some people want it. That's not what I want. I want family and kids. Don't get me wrong right now. But it's not the time. The time is not now. But then again, you know, they said that, you know, you can never be ready for kids. Kids just come whenever they come and they, that's it. Well, they don't just appear like that. They just don't appear in front of the dogs. A bird doesn't bring you a kid. <laughs> doesn't happen. You know what? Some people receive babies, you know. It could happen. We don't know how many stories are there, out there, but uh, yeah. That is how it is. Amazing. So this is it? This is it. There is one thing I would like to leave the audience and you. Yeah. Right? The famous quote of my famous person. Gary V. No, Steve Jobs, unfortunately. Gary V is going to be for another time, but this time is uh, Steve Jobs. Okay. Also, the funny thing is that, you know, I always have this quote on my own screen. And you have his picture as well. And has the pictures as well. And black and white because, you know, I will always uh, have him in my heart. He's a true inspiration for, you know, a lot of people and also for me. And the quote yeah. that I'm allowed to leave everybody right now with, it sounds like that. Your work is going to fill a large part of our life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of heart, you will know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. Don't settle. Steve Jobs. Oh, <laughs> that's a wonderful way to end. Don't settle. Keep looking, be inspired, do, and don't be afraid whatever happens. This is also why I started this podcast, because I'm in this quest, and I think the quest never ends. At some point, it's good to just find peace in your own self, so... Whole life is a, a quest. We always look for something, and that something can never come. You just need to enjoy the journey. I don't strive for destination. And the journey is the most enjoyable process of every entrepreneur. It has to be there, not the destination. Because the destination is death and that's <laughs> the grave well we're not gonna end on the grave but we're gonna end with something a little bit more full of light <laughs> the moment i'd like to say how funny interesting inspiring and unconventional <laughs> the person in front of me is so i hope that you enjoy and get some interesting insights from our conversation and Go listen to his podcast. I'm sure that you would enjoy it. And uh, maybe be inspired to do something the same. I'll just say one thing, people. Expand enthusiasm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me, Keva. You're welcome. uh, Thanks for listening. One lesson that I would like to leave all the listeners also with is not only don't sell 
and keep looking, but uh, be present, be patient and uh, be mindful because you only have one life to live. Enjoy it. So use it properly and don't waste the time. Or take the time. Or take the time, but use it, your time valuably and wisely. Exactly. Thank you, Herman. Thank you, everyone. Expand enthusiasm and keep looking, keep being. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to be a self-made man. I want to be a person who is happy with who I am. I want to be happy with myself. And I want to inspire people with what I can do. I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not Bill Gates. But I'm also not... Uh, any other big name that's out there right but they started from ground zero and then they build it up through obstacles through learning through things and i want to learn and see and experience this i want to live that world it is sorry for my language again fucking hard to be an entrepreneur it takes a lot of your time stress it's all about the patience it's all about self-awareness it's all about putting consumers at the pedestal, in the front of what you do. And that's what I live for.